of the Earth, Star Center of the Earth, not for profit based in Pomona, California. Uh, service Pomona and the surrounding areas, now the world's on the internet, service the world. So this, uh, this week we're going to be covering uh, Burden of Dreams, uh, which was a selection of Jean Marie Spaguza. So Jean Marie, why don't you tell us, uh, why, why don't you open it up? I first discovered Burden of Dreams um, while I was in college. My sister, Mary, who was a student at UC Santa Cruz um, in history, women's studies, uh, she's now a journalist, but she told, she told me I needed to see it. And uh, I could see why when I saw it. Burden of Dreams is, is Les Blank and Maureen Gosling, their, their longtime collaboration. So they are the filmmakers. And they did shoot it while Werner Herzog, the German director, was filming Fitzcarraldo, his movie starring Klaus Kinski. Uh, and they are in the Brazilian jungle. And, um, and it captures, I think, quite well what ensues, especially Werner Herzog's inner mornings. <laughs> and, and, and joint. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is an excellent, I think I can see why this is part of the Criterion Collection. Seeing Fitzcarraldo is definitely something I would recommend regardless of having seen Burden of Dreams. But I think, I think it helps when you see Fitzcarraldo to, and also actually another documentary that was made about the um, unique collaboration of Werner Herzog and Klaus Kinski called My Best Fiend. So in addition to this documentary, and especially for those of you watching, if you enjoyed this documentary, I would especially recommend My Best Fiend. Again, not a necessary viewing for this film, but I think it enhances the viewing of the film. That said, I do think Burden of Dreams is a unique documentary that stands on its own. I don't think I've ever seen any kind of film or documentary that is quite like Burden of Dreams in terms of capturing uh, what filmmaking can really be like. <laughs> so I think that in itself uh, places it on, you know, on the high list for the Criterion Collection. I'd love to hear what you guys thought too. And I think, was it you, David, who hadn't seen it before? No, Matt, no, first had. time, first time for me. Yeah. And I, I, I actually, I still haven't seen Fitzcarraldo. So um, I, I was able, I, uh, potentially to gather enough context from the film, I, I, I feel like it's most likely a film with a very simple plot um, in the structure, and I think we see just enough of it. I think that's, you know, part of the brilliance of the documentary is that we see just enough of it to get a strong sense of what the film is. So even, I'm sure the, the, the experience is extremely enhanced by watching uh, Fitzcarraldo to pair with burden of dreams, but, but I think you get enough of it to understand, okay, you know, so, so this is a very interesting film uh, in, in the mode of uh, documentaries about disastrous uh, film shoots, uh, such as Hearts of Darkness, about um, the making of Apocalypse Now, or Lost Soul, about the making of uh, the Island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, this too is a film about uh, a filmmaker uh, going into uh, inhospitable terrain um, in all three of those, uh, all three of those uh, occasions into the jungle and, um, and, and getting into madness. And, and, the, and the question of, of the pursuit is, is this whole thing uh, a, a mad adventure? And I think the answer definitely on this one is yes. Um, 
following uh, uh, the production of films such as, uh, you know, Aguirre, The Wrath of God, um, where the whole idea is that a, uh, you know, a conquistador's uh, uh, expedition would be a, a, a would be a mad pursuit, a useless, a futile gesture. Um, I think Werner Herzog was determined with this film to up the ante. Uh, here was a filmmaker, I think, almost determined to die um, <laughs> in the creation of his films um, with such a nihilistic worldview. And we get to see that on full display. But I think he, was, he was almost uh, suicidal uh, by film. And, and here is an instance where the suicide, his own death, is not enough, and he alludes to you know we we get clips of that you know uh, I, uh, this uh, these are my dreams I have to make my dreams real or I must die you know with them so he's very fatalistic in that but I think this is very much a case where it's not enough for him to die he actually you know is perhaps hoping that multiple multiple <laughs> people will die in this pursuit. Um, so it's a very fascinating, uh, almost a uh, of, of of megalomania, you know, of of, of, of vanity, of of arrogance, of, of megalom megalomania, and what keeps it uh, refreshing throughout is just what a bizarrely comic figure uh, Werner Herzog is, and how he emerges from all of this as being so charming, even as you know we see just how terrible this whole thing is um that the theme of the movie is things perhaps going wrong and 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 surprise surprise they do go wrong you know from the outside uh from the outset so uh the 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 the, the making of process follows the story and the documentary follows the process it's just like we like we were saying layers upon layers upon layers and, yes. uh, yeah, I'm curious to hear what Matt has to say about all of this. Well, what, I, what I'm really what I'm interested in is, is when you pair this with uh, with My Best Fiend, right? And so in My Best Fiend, um, it, the kind of culmination of, of the problems he has with Klinsky, with Kinski are the ones that he experienced on Fitzcarraldo, right? So there's a number of other bad experiences with Kinski, another, a number of other issues he's had with Kinski over the years with working with him. But it's really the Fitzcarraldo thing that was really just like, oh my God. And so when you watch My Best Fiend, like uh, uh, Herzog is constantly talking about having to save Kinski's life from, from, from the natives, from, from, from the people, you know, they're working with in Fitzcarraldo, uh, from with the, uh, the um, Aquitos Indians, right? So that he's got, they got, you know, they're, they're, they're mad because he's done this, they're mad because he's done this, all this kind of outrageous behavior. Um, so it's really interesting when you watch that because it's from Herzog's perspective of how he needs to, you know, protect Kinski, how he needs to do this. Kinski's endangering the product, the project. Kinski's endangering the production. Kinski again, another thing with Kinski. I cannot believe this Kinski, right? And so when you watch this paired with that, you see that Herzog is also uh, a terrible human being. I mean, also a horrible person, also a, a horrific human being, probably worse than Kinski, uh, definitely worse than Kinski because he actually set the whole thing in motion. Right, he's the one that brought this plague of class Kinski. Right, right. He's the one who brought the plague of 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 moving this ship for no reason to, to these people. He's the one who had no respect for their council. He's the one they had no respect for the fact that the Quitos Indians had a council um, right. to deal with, with with commercial interests that would come out. And he had no respect for that. He said, "No, I'm just gonna I'm gonna cut through this." Gonna, you know, and then you may you know and you know like, I mean, can you imagine this man coming to Hollywood and being like? 
you know, forget SAG after I'm going to just like, whatever. Right. So essentially, you know, like I'm going to do what I want to do. And like, I'm not, I have no respect for the union here. Right. He wouldn't right. look like that. Right. And so, and then you gotta ask whose lives is he endangering? Yes. He's endangering his own. So like, you know, he's not like, he's not, not, he's not, not endangering his own life. He's endangering Klaus life because Klaus Kinski is similarly driven by passions and demons to risk his life to, you know, make sure that his like hair looks right in the sun. Right. So they're, they're both on the same page there. Um, but whose life is he in danger? He's not endangering Jason Robards. Right, right. He respects Jason Robard, who's like, I got dysentery, I can't come back, right? Leaves that alone. Yeah. Whose lives is he endangering? He's endangering the Quito's Indians' lives, right? And so, because that's yeah. kind of just like his mentality, his mentality. And it's really interesting to watch, and I, I want to get more into it later, because I got I got extensive notes here. Um, like at, at, uh, at 40 minutes and 33 seconds in, he talks about a universal culture and how he doesn't want, you know, like, oh my God, a universal culture is going to befall everyone here, and that's terrible, right? They, they, their culture needs to be preserved, right? But I don't even know what he's talking about because they're, they're, everyone's already speaking like, you know, Spanish Portuguese. Um, they're, they're, you know, like they're speaking Spanish. They're, they're eating Nestle, uh, you know, and they have like, you know, they're in the middle of, of, of his film, right? So I don't know really? what he's talking about in the preservation that. Then two minutes later, he says, this is not an ethnography. I'm right. not trying to right. preserve their culture as it is. I have a stylized Indian in my mind that I want to <laughs> get across. So like, you know, like, so this whole thing about that. And then, um, and then, and then like 10 minutes later, he's talking about, uh, uh, you know, and like, no, wait, uh, sometime later, he's talking about how like, you know, after all this, like, I want to live in a world where there were, I don't want to live in a world where there are no lions. And these people are like lions. Well, no, they're people, first of all. But second of all, I want to live in a world where there are people that are not like lions, that, that, that they're lions. I want to live in a world of lions, right? And then 10 <laughs> minutes later, he says, the jungle is cruel and it's just eating itself and everything <laughs> eats itself here. And this is horrible. And why does he say this? He says this because he failed. Because he's failing, yeah, yeah. he failed to listen right. to the engineer right who told him you're not going to be able to get this up a 40 degree slope i've designed my plans for a 20 degree slope it will not go up a 40 degree slope and so when that fails just as math told his engineer it would right yeah he's like he you know he's like oh the jungle is all eating itself but like after 10 minutes earlier when he had this grand vision of carrying this thing up a slope you know like yes you know the jungle is life and you know it's green and it's simple you know and i want to live in a world of, i mean I, there's no lions in brazil by the way i mean so i don't know yeah. where that's coming but you know like this idea of, like the world is full of, of of wild things and that's wonderful and i'm i'm and i'm part of the wilderness and i'm one with the rivers and the but flows and everything that flows through me is flowing through earth this sort of like very poetic vision right you know like i'm here and yeah. then, like when his shit doesn't work out, he's like, this place is the worst. <laughs> There's mosquitoes. Oh, right? It is, so that's it is not it is not erotic. And, and, it and is so, fortification, asphyxiation. Yeah. All of a sudden he, he starts does, murder guy, Herzog. Right. Just freestyling. This 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 libertine, <laughs> this libertine who's bringing in like prostitutes, right? Who's bringing prostitutes to, 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 to the film, right? Is all of a sudden now talking about fornication. It's dirty. <laughs> oh, you know, or, you know, when things are going well, the jungle sweats it out. When things are going bad, you know, <laughs> like, like, oh, being eaten alive by the heat. So anyways, so I just think that, um, but this is all, all, all uh, 
to the credit of of of, of the filmmakers, Les Blank and um, and who was the Glory Gosling. Glory Gosling. This is all to the credit of the filmmakers. And um, for those who don't know, Les Blank, I mean, and and his, his whole crew. I mean, they, they've been they made like a, almost a movie a year for like 30, 40 years. Wow. Um, about um, documenting just like like Cajun music, Zydeco, a- Appalachian. Uh, just oh, kind of wow. like Americana yeah. type 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 music yeah. mostly, and then, and then every now and then he worked with, with, with Warner Herzog and some other filmmakers. But so so the, the profound respect uh, that 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 Les Blank and, and and the whole crew have for um, the, these this set of filmmakers for just right. like going into a place and looking around and, and being curious and not 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 superimposing any idea, um, it really kind of shines through because the whole reason I can even skewer Warner Herzog in this fashion. Is because of the evidence provided by Les Blank. So I mean, like, and, and, and the whole crew. So, uh, I, I think it's a great, it's a great movie. And, and Warner Herzog is probably a greater artist. Um, I'm mean, not, not probably is a greater artist than Les Blank because he does hit these wild, transcendent moments. But Les Blank is definitely the more, in the whole, the whole crew, definitely right. the decent human beings. Yeah, I think, and I, I, I get the sense, and I don't know if you guys got the sense too, but watching the film. I did really, you, he chose, I think, the right documentarians for this because they did, their lens did seem to want to capture the way, the way a good documentarian wants to capture. This was not um, making a film to make Werner Herzog seem more magnanimous, obviously. They, mm. they genuinely I feel they genuinely captured and likely wanted to capture. That was a choice that they made. Um, a wide lens of this experience. I keep the you know you were talking about this, Matt, about the you know the kind of the rape of culture in the midst of not wanting to rape culture. Because on the one hand, Werner Herzog is is hiring these people. On the other hand, what he's paying them is not what he would pay European, American. Uh, or other, uh, you know, Western civilization uh, workers. Um, and then, uh, and, and whether or not he could actually accomplish the movie is another, you know, without doing it that way um, is another issue, which I don't think they really got into that, but I'm going to say, knowing what I know about film, he would have had a hard time convincing his investors. It was interesting, you know, that they they really showed the the tears of the way movies are made before. You know, we have to remember now we see all these making of movies. But this was not as common. You know, you mentioned Lost Souls and, and Heart of Darkness, and you know that these were not common documentaries. And this was 1982, I believe. And you know, we got to see how the tears work. Like he's constantly talking about having to answer to his investors. Is it at one point? He says, the investors have asked me, you know, do you have the willpower to continue? And he says, how can you ask me that? If, you know, if I don't, I'm a man without dreams. If this movie ends, it, I end, it ends me. You know, and I think any artist can relate to that. We are so married to what we create. I, I, and I think people know that. That's why, you know, when last week, for example, when we were talking about Withnil and I, and how Withnil doesn't want to go forward because it is an attack on your art people will say, oh, don't take it personally. And you're looking at them like, um, <laughs> how is this even possible? It's so, per- it is personal. It's so personal. I'm not making a carburetor. I'm taking, I'm taking something, I'm ripping something out of my heart and soul and I'm putting it out for the world to see and you'll love it or you'll hate it or you'll have no response or whatever it is, but that's, that's, it's going to be personal. It's personal. 
it's clearly personal for Herzog when he says, if this ends, I end. He is so married to this vision that he has that he can't see himself existing without it. Right, right, right. But but as as uh, they interview, um, you know, his, his cast members slash his workers, because he's committed to partially doing this, the slip of the boat authentically, this extremely dangerous, and they interview the workers and, 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 and you know, and the workers say, well, if, if this is so important to him, he should be on the boat. He should be risking this with us. And he's not. <laughs> you know, well, he, he says, this is life or death you. with me. And the crux of this film, the most important part of this film, the sim utterly symbolic part of this film, he is not involved in this thing. Okay, I will say... So for him, it is a metaphor. <laughs> it's, if we it believe, is a metaphor. Yeah, if we... As believe, people's very lives are at stake. That's true. And, and someone does get knocked out. And yeah. he just, oh, he does some... You know, go, go into the river. <laughs> go into the river. There yeah, was just, a, walk, just walk it off. The, there was a moment in the film where someone says if the owner of the boat would get behind the boat. And I watched uh, I watched a clip of Werner Herzog on an old David Letterman, Late Night with David Letterman, when, when David Letterman was still doing Late Night. And he was kind of, you know, at one of the peaks of that show. And according to Werner Herzog, he said, I was there with them. I wasn't behind it because no one was behind it because no one could be behind that boat because that's not the way it was constructed. He claimed he was risking his life along with everybody else. But even if that's true, we have to look at this from a certain perspective. Are his stakes the same as the indigenous people's stakes? The answer is clearly no. no. Because Werner Herzog <laughs> comes from an affluent Western industrialized society. So it's never, right. even if he's standing right next to somebody, it's still never going to be equal. Because if they had to, they would usher him off to the best hospital they could get him to versus you may end up paralyzed simply because you can't get proper medical care in time. That's a reality that we right, can't right, deny. Right. And so I was going to say one of the images that really stuck with me in the film was when they were, sh when Les Blank and Maureen Nosling were kind of zooming out from this native person, the, uh, one of the indigenous people, and tell me again, because this is an embarrassment to me, Matt. How do I? What is? What was the name of the, of the, um, the peoples in, in Brazil? This particular. They were referring to them as the Peru. Yeah. They're referring to them as the Quitos. Uh, oh, and, 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 and I don't know if that I don't know if that's just a region. I mean, that might not even be like their proper. I yeah, I'm because I'm not familiar with that. I Aquitos might be a region. Spanish, I think so you're it sounds, right. It sounds like it's more. Was it and I remember Macha Macha Kinga. That's yes, yes. Was that them or was that the, was that the group they were like? I I, I kind of like got lost there. Was that them or was that the the, the rival group? Was no, that, I think I think that was the the that was the one that was the group that he was working with uh, on the second half of the film, I okay. believe. And I and I also remember that when when Les Blank and Maureen Gosling decided to zoom away from one of the one of the uh, Aquitos, I think at this point it was Aquitos, and they had the the Mickey Mouse, the Disney T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. Talking about, and the Nestle thing, by the way, for those of you watching who aren't aware, um, especially this, this is a really big point of contention for activists, because on the one hand, Nestle gives uh, 
different types of um, uh, drinking powders uh, and supplements to various countries where the peoples are suffering nutritional deficiencies. On the other hand, they don't do anything to clean up the water. And so one of the points of contention has been that they give these people these supplements uh, as if they are very benevolent and yet they don't help them with the water, the, 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 the contamination. And some people actually die when they drink the water mixed with the Nestle simply because the water is so contaminated. Do I, did I miss anything guys on that point? No, no, no. I mean, I would just say Nestle is stealing water right now in, in the United States of America from Benton Harbor. I mean, Nestle is a, the horrible criminal enterprise. I mean, <laughs> in, if you buy a book, there's a book called, and, it, and it's, I think it's online now. It used to be a book, Shopping for a Better World, where they talk about, you know, Nestle is not a purchase you would make if you want to purchase ethically um, right. for a lot of these reasons. And it is, it, it's, it's, right. it's upsetting. And it is also interesting. You wonder, were the filmmakers aware of that at that time? If they were, did they deliberately choose to have that in frame? They certainly were very deliberate about showing the the, the young um, Akitos with the with the with the Disney T-shirt yeah. and how Western civilization has already infiltrated. Now that said, I I, I do agree with Werner Herzog that you know he says when when if 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 he says if God exists then. Then when this <laughs> then when he made this country he was very angry you know. And yes, I mean, this is this is also a good point, you guys, that Werner Herzog throughout this film, when he's expressing his sorrow, and he says, the trees are in misery, the birds are in misery. I, they, I do not think they They don't sing, seem, they screech in they pain. They screech in pain. And you can see the pain in his face. I mean, the, this is also what's interesting, by the way, <laughs> David can't stop laughing, because I mean, you can't help but laugh. You're seeing this man's, a, a, you know, grievous suffering, but it is yeah. funny because it's so real and also it's such a reflection of what's going on inside of him because the jungle is a canvas. Let's let's call the jungle a canvas of experience. You could experience just as easily the jungle as erotic, as wonderful, as exciting, as wild, as whatever you want to call it. Right. You know, the, then the jungle, which is nature, and he says nature hits back. Now, I don't know how Werner Herzog could not have guessed that this could possibly happen. He's oh, I, I think he very much intended for <laughs> you know, It's a wild country. At least his subconscious did. I think you his know, subconscious yearned for disaster. Yeah. I, I, I think he actually seeks out these kind of cycles to repeat, you know. He is a filmmaker who wants the realism. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, you now we talk about things like, okay, so imagine, imagine the current host of The Soup saying if 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 this show ends if i'm off this show i end you know no because i think what the current host of i, I think what i heard her say at one point was if i get if i get any more wrinkles they'll replace me you know that's the superficiality of what we deal with here so you've got to you got to respect Werner herzog's artistry just like what matt was saying i do think that Werner herzog is is a great artist he deeply cares to the depths of himself, what he's doing. But you're right, maybe he was in delusion that this wasn't gonna happen. Well, I, you know what, I, I, it really occurred to me is that I, you, so the first Werner Herzog thing I ever watched was Grizzly Man. And I think the reason why Grizzly Man is 
the appropriate expression of Werner Herzog or the ultimate is because Werner Herzog is obsessed with nihilism, with obsession, with madness, and with death, with murder, with mayhem. And Why else death. would he work with Kinski? And he had, with that, he had something perfect in that the death already happened and he wasn't to blame. He didn't cause it. He could, he need only comment upon it, right? Whereas in, in this circumstance, it's like he, yeah. he's creating the circumstances in which this happens. In, in fact, he mentions session can you know bloom. Right, he <laughs> mentions someone died, or more than one person died. There was a plague where someone was paralyzed. Yeah, someone, someone was, was paralyzed. paralyzed. Yeah, there's even the scene where um, someone gets stabbed, and he he tells his son, or he said, talks about bringing bringing uh, the 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 dagger home for his son. You know that his son will enjoy that this has been, you know, that this has stabbed a man, oh, but he doesn't know. Yeah. He does, I forgot about that. That's true. That's true. Yeah, so that's a very and the arrow. You know, he, or the arrow. Was it the arrow or the knife? I can't remember because he had the arrow. Yeah, I believe I believe in that case it was a knife, but there was some cross cutting in there. There was a thing about the arrow too, and I yeah. think he was talking about having bringing that back with him too, and it had been in a person he was showing how where it was broken from where it hit someone's hip, the woman's hip. There was one of the women were hit mm. in the hip. She had a hip injury, and they showed that it was it was not pretty. On this. Right. <laughs> For me though, that that part where they're you know they're they're fighting back and forth or whatever. That has nothing to do with Herzog. Those people, they were fighting because they were yeah. fighting, right? And that has that that that's that's because they're fighting for resource, and they've been fighting for resource because they are people, and they are fighting for resource. That's as simple as that. And his, but his commentary, like I could stop them, but I won't. It would disrupt the whatever, or or I couldn't stop them if I wanted. It's like you could not stop. <laughs> they, got, they just whoever it was, those people over there, right? <laughs> Well, I do think that some red of it is exacerbated by he's very committed to, but, but, to expanding but the scope of the film. His delusions that he could have stopped this group of men from going out and like running up on their rivals is, is delusional. <laughs> if he tried to stop them, they would have beat his ass. That, that, <laughs> that beat them up. He like Saint Sebastian, you mean, with all the arrows sticking out of his body? Claims powers he does not have. The fact of the matter is that, like, there's a rivalry that pre-exists him between this super group, two groups of people, and one of them came and they shot an arrow. They shot a bunch of arrows, and three people got hit. And if you think they're going to stop them, them from exacting their revenge or making a show of force or doing whatever they're going to do, you're 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 really delusional. I mean, you he had no more power to stop that, right? Then he had the power to stop the conflict that was going on between Peru and I think Colombia at the beginning. We talk about Peru and Colombia. Or, you know, I couldn't come at a worse time. There's like a border conflict, right? And so like you can't stop that, and you can't stop this. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is th these things are going to take place, and the fact that you think you can um, makes you. He thinks he has abilities. He doesn't because you know what I'm saying he th he's not thinking of these people as people. He has no more ability to stop their conflict than they would have the ability to stop his conflict with Kinski. You know what and is that coming from is is that coming from the this the Western sense of entitlement? Is that Western sense of entitlement? Yes, people have conflicts right all over the world for all, various different reasons, right? And some of it's unavoidable, some of it is totally avoidable. Um, who knows how it starts? You know, but you'd have to you'd have to you'd have to be either part of the in group or 
you know, sit down for a long time and hear all sides of why it's happening, right? So, but what I'm saying is that he had no more ability to prevent that conflict that was happening there than one of, you know, the, the workers would have the ability to stop the conflict between him and Kinski, which is decades old, right? Or is, is years, <laughs> years, years old, right? The, 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 you know, the issues they have going back and forth with one another. Well, he has no more ability to stop that than they have to stop that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, 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 he doesn't really fully see them as, as people. It is. Who have, their own, who have their own deal. You know what I'm saying? He's, so he's talking about, like, I want to preserve their culture here. Da, 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 da. Well, first of all, I mean, like, there's all this other. He buys other, the title. He buys the title for them. I think right. he, does he buys the title for them. Right, right. He buys the title for me. And I don't know how big of an impact that has for them, actually, given the circumstances. Well, it could be good, but like, I mean, like, you know, but like, who knows? Who knows what that? Who knows what that'll set in motion? But like, but you, the first people you meet, who are the first people you meet that have a problem with Herzog, or the first people that are shown that have a problem with Herzog, are not actually his workers. It's his council that's like he had no respect for the council. Like, we have ideas. We we know what we want to do with this area. We we have ideas of development, and he thinks that we don't. Right, and that that's the first <laughs> that guy's wearing like glasses and stuff like that, and he's you know he's 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 very much a part of the world as it exists in nineteen in the nineteen seventies late late seventies early eighties. He's very much part of the world, and another thing is like he's talking about like all oh, these people, are, and then like and this is to the credit of the filmmakers, not to not to Herzog, the credit of the filmmakers. Every time uh, Herzog says something preposterous, um, the filmmaker shows it to be preposterous, right? So like he's going on this rant about the jungle and people don't know anything or or they're just like they're just they're they're like you know like prehistoric or something like that and then after that you know the filmmakers show you uh, how they make moonshine essentially you know how they make how, i mean they have like a distillery process mm -hmm. right of making alcohol that's that that is not really all that different from from moonshine i mean you got mm -hmm. a tub, they got the, the the liquids they have you a process chew it up. They, they chew it up they heat it up right so this is not that different than people um Again, like I said, making moonshine out of a, out of a bathtub or something. This is very similar to the process, um, you know. And, and the difference between that and uh, distillery, as we would understand it, is is that a distillery takes place on an industrial scale, right? Because it's an industrial society. But they have technology. Like an arrow is technology. You know, uh, 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 a, a tub to make alcohol is technology. This is and the indigenous people have organization clearly they talk about their organization they have it they, they, you know they have they have they have organization um Werner Herzog mentions he's not he, he would never think of bringing prostitutes onto his set formally but he brings prostitutes onto the set because a lot of these people are away from their families they're away from right. their wives there's a lot of tension building the things that he obviously didn't prepare for to preserve it was almost like he was doing things in reverse he started out with the vision and then once he realized the interference then he wanted to make attempts albeit evil i think attempts to preserve some sense of culture and organization for them which actually gives us kind of a window into why this has repeatedly failed um, when 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 outside societies and cultures come into existing cultures and view it a certain way, obviously through an extremely skewed perspective um, and a, and a very um, and a very ignorant perspective of of what that civilization is, yeah. and um, and I think that. That's also what's beating him down, you know, when he's talking about, I, I do not see erotic, I see a fornication, 
asphyxiation. Uh, you know, I, I see things growing and rotting away. You know, well, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't hate the jungle. I love it, but I love it against my better judgment. My better judgment, you know? <laughs> I, that's a great, I mean, it's a great soliloquy. It really is. I'm so glad the filmmakers chose to cap. That is his Shakespearean soliloquy in this, yeah. in this film. Yes, so, it's, you know, very, it's very, um, yeah, very Hamlet. Very it's very Hamlet. Hamlet. It's, yeah. you know, and, and, and very you know. Very Macbeth. Yeah. yeah, you know, he 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 kind of pulls in the these elements of God and the devil. You know, we see the again the Western view of, you know, nature can't just be nature. Nature, there is this sense of wanting to order things into a sense of good or evil. Right now, don't right. Me, I, I personally think that like you know, I would not do well in a situation where I am that close. To, to animals that are that have the ability to kill me right and so like i prefer to live in the city don't get me wrong i prefer to live in in, in outside of that right in, in industrial we all do right <laughs> because we do. well I, mean, I, didn't, I don't know maybe if i grew up in that I, I would i would know the rules of the road and you I would, would feel I would, differently but like i don't have to like go to the amazon to, to do this i mean i could just like go up to the you know the mountains and live near bears like Grizzly Man did, right? Like I, I could like, you know, like, and I don't have to go all the way to Alaska to do it either, man. I can go, I can, you know, you can go camping or you can go in place. I don't even go camping because like, I don't want a deer to run up on me and I have to fight a deer, right? That's not <laughs> part of my lifestyle. But so, that's like, Werner, but yeah. Werner, even now he's got a film in Toronto International Film Festival, I guess, a documentary where he's going to like, you know, Alaska to the high North to like, bear. That's yeah. what he does. He goes to these crazy places, and then he's always like talking about, "Oh my God, they're so they take over." It's like I think you want to be overtaken, maybe. I guess. I feel like yeah. is a combination of Frederick Nietzsche, Anthony Bourdain, and Steve Irwin. He's <laughs> <laughs> kind of like uh, uh, he's, he's doing these, these wild things, but I, I had a I had a, I had a point, but like. But again, well, I, yeah. I, it's the same point over and over again. Is that is that the the, the, the filmmakers they, they counterbalance everything he says with like this thing. So if we talk about the part of the prostitutes, right? He's like the jungle just sweats it out, right? It's all like you know because he's doing something that he doesn't feel is right. And like the reality is though, he's like I would never do this like if I were filming in Los Angeles. Well, you wouldn't have to if you're filming in Los Angeles because right? that's true. The starter <laughs> film would go out. The starter <laughs> film would go out. And fight a prostitute themselves, right? That that that's what they would do, right? Look, look like Hugh Grant or something, right? So like it's not like it's it, you know I mean like the fact is you're isolated, so that that's why you're doing it, right? So you're bringing in people um, because isolated, and I you know and I'm not like one of these people that's like you condemning, you know, uh, you know people who who, who work in, in in sex work, but um but what, what what's interesting to me about it though is that he says like the jungle sweats it out and it's permissible here and you know it's the law of the jungle and this and that. And then they cut. Easy for you to say, Werner. And they cut to 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 uh, to the the woman working there, and she says, "I do set a necessity. Like I, I you know, I, I need to feed my family." You're like, it's like there's no romanticization. There's no like, and the jungle sweats it out. And like you Westerners with your morality and your puritanism, you're not free like me. No, none of that. Straight up, like this is what I need to do for work. This is what I need to. Do. <laughs> you know, like. Straight in fact, up. I want to mention, I'm glad you mentioned that, Matt, because I want to say something about that. And I'm sorry I just interrupted you, but it's so important that I say this at this point. What she also says, if you remember, she says, if it weren't a necessity, 
I would find I would find some in and gratify myself. Is yeah. an interesting statement. Yeah. So this doesn't give her gratification. The gratification that she's giving men in her in her profession of prostitution is not bringing her gratification, not self gratification. This is not a self gratifying act for her. But if she could find someone in the right circumstances, then she might be gratified. That was that was really quite profound. I thought actually, yeah, that showed a real profundity of thought. That was that woman is a philosopher, which by the way was not uncommon for courtesans even even in Western Europe during the Middle Ages and the era of the Reformation. It was not uncommon for women to be highly intellectual and be courtesans. And this woman is a freaking philosopher. You know, right. that was a really astute statement that she made. And well, again, that's just a basic statement with any job. You know, I wouldn't do this if I didn't have to. Right. You know, I would do right? something else. I'd be off gratified. I'd get my, I'd go find my own gratification somewhere. Right. And so right. Like, right. Let's, but what I just want to say, but it was also like highly contradicted with, with the scene with, with, with what Herzog just said. So right. it was like balanced right against each other. But the other thing is like, you know, David's mentioned like that's true of like most jobs, right? And that's definitely true of the cast of, uh, of, of making Fitzcarraldo, right? Like nobody's there because like they share uh, Herzog's dream. I mean, nobody, nobody, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe some people were like, this is really, I, I'm participating in something really big. Maybe they thought that. But that's not the general vibe, right? So other than Herzog and Kinski, you know, he would share that and some of the other, you know, people that got involved, um, you know, from, from, from Europe, from Germany, uh, maybe they felt that way, but I don't think uh, people on the, on the set felt that way. So like, even like, let's say Herzog did risk his life, as he says, let's say it's true, um, which may not be, but let's say it is true, even if it's true. Uh, no one there who is helping sludge this boat along is going to Germany and the German countryside and getting a bunch of Germans to risk their life. That's true. You know, to 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 drag some giant piece of you know. <laughs> I imagine he'd have. Union issues. I imagine he would have a lot of union issues if he attempted to do that. That's <laughs> right, right, right. But I'm not saying like he. I'm saying no one. None, none of the Aquito Indians are moving. Not none of them are like saying like I have an idea to make a film in the German countryside and then risking oh. the lives of Germans, right? Because we they don't, don't have the resources to do that either. Don't, they don't have investors and they don't have banks and they don't have um, the kind of tears that Werner Herzog is describing in Berlin. They don't have hundreds of years of conquest, con you know, yeah. like covering Europe. I mean, so equipment. Like that. Well, I think that, equipment, that brings, that, that brings that to a big point. Technology. So. I think Les, Les Blank, you know, speaking to what Matt's saying about Les Blank and the filmmakers cluing us in, the title itself is a clue. Um, you know, Burden of Dreams, the white man's burden. I think they're referencing that idea. And that's one of the big ideas of colonialism. And if you look at Fitzcarraldo, I think it's very appropriate, this documentary, Burden of Dreams, you know, it's reinforcing a lot of those ideas. Fitzcarraldo seems to me, I've never seen it, but it seems to me about a film about a white man with the dream of bringing culture, bringing art, true, you know, ideas um, to, uh, to, to this savage land, to this land, this lawless land or this cultureless land, a man dedicated with the dream of bringing an opera to, to this place, this remote location, where no one wants an opera, 
<laughs> no one asked for, for his own gratification. Yeah, for his own gratification. He's saying it's for his own gratification. He and, can't and make family. it as a rubber baron, so he's going to be, you know, he's going to try to do. He's he's going to try to do something to bring him some kind of immortality. You know, right, right, is, right, right. Is, there's an egotism. There's an egotism to it. Um, and and that, I do that, remember. I do remember, Matt. You mentioned the keto Indians. Um, you know, you know, they, they could, you know, that, that Werner Herzog kind of wreaked Klaus Kinski on, you know, wreaked havoc in their lives by bringing Klaus Kinski. I, um, I remember from My Best Fiend, I remember Werner Herzog saying that the Aikido Indians at one point after, after Klaus had spent over 35, 40 minutes ranting, ranting and raving at, at Werner that they offered, they said, you know, we'll kill him for you. <laughs> Whether this is true, I guess I can picture that. We'll we'll kill him for you uh, if you want. I suppose it was probably right. for a price. Uh, but uh, you know, and he talked about wanting to kill him actually, and and his and and he there was an attempt in, in <laughs> he said I was I was thwarted by a large dog. You know, I was there to kill him. I was ready to do it. You know, and 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 it is it is interesting to watch the two. The two white madmen. I one another scene that stands out is when they're on one of the river boats. They're trying to avoid it going over the falls, or it may very well go over the falls at some point. And and because of uh, this scene where Klaus is supposed to come running out of of the uh, the stateroom, one the the larger stateroom, and uh, and and they sh he, you know we see uh, Werner's cinematographer from Fitzcarraldo with his hand just totally bloody. Oh yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, and oh. Klaus, Klaus is concerned about whether or not the phonograph is going to work properly or something. <laughs> I mean, you know, about, about the detail of if it's accurate, if it's, if it's an actual uh, phonograph needle um, and then um, Herzog says it's a sewing needle, but no one's going to notice. No yeah, yeah, and this is on the heels of he <laughs> won't drink their moonshine because someone right. spit in it. Remember right, that? Right, he, right, right. You know, he's Klaus is not a method actor unless it's unto <laughs> his own mind because yeah. he's not going to drink. He won't drink this stuff. It's going to be milk, you know, <laughs> yeah. because he's so afraid he might get a disease because these indigenous people have spit into the into the into to create the alcohol and it's like it's alcohol Klaus you know you want to say Klaus you want to say no, nothing's living in that anyway I wouldn't be that's right, not your right. biggest concern but right and what, yeah. what what speaking to what you were saying Gene about that particular moment where the the cameraman uh injures his hand is um and you do see you do see this because we talked you know, we talk a lot about the the mistreatment of the indigenous peoples by Werner Herzog, but you see, he has a general disregard for human life in general. Oh, yeah, and this yeah. is a big, big part of that scene where, um, you know, the, the, the cameraman and he's complaining that Klaus messed up the shot. He he's he's upset that the camera broke, and you know, you think alcohol. Oh, it's a great, you know, uh, sanitizer for the wound. So he's going to put, you see him with the bottle. And what does he do? He drinks from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Werner and, and Klaus are a bit of like mirrors to each other. I do think Werner has perhaps a little more decorum and a little more realism. I mean, if you watch Werner Herzog on a talk show versus Klaus Kinski, for example, Klaus is like, I'm not difficult to work with. And you're like, 
you hear, because the thing is, this is not just Werner's perspective. He's right. If you listen to the tapes, mm. and Matt, you remember, you may remember that from My Best Fiend. If you listen to the tapes of him ranting yeah. at Werner Herzog, he, it's ugly. I mean, it's not, it's, it's vicious. Uh, and I would imagine anyone who said Klaus Kinski was difficult to work with, I'm sure he would have no doubt that he was. I think Werner Herzog said that he, you know, people say Marlon Brando is difficult. I think Klaus Kinski makes him look like a docile extra. Was what he said. <laughs> and Klaus with his big eyes and he's always looking so, he looks kind of mad. He was the perfect Fitzgeraldo. In fact, I think it was a happy accident that, that, that Jason Robards ended up not working on this picture. And apparently, according to Werner Herzog, you know, Mick Jagger, that was one of the biggest devastations of his career, that Mick Jagger was lost. And, you know, they had like 40% of the film shot. Mm. He said 40% of the film, and they mentioned this in Burden of Dreams, 40% of the right. film was shot at, with Jason Robards and Mick Jagger. And then Jason Robards got dysentery and Mick Jagger had to go and tour Tattoo You. And I remember actually when that album did come out, Tattoo You. And, and he said that Mick Jagger was actually an exceptional actor. It was like one of the biggest devastations of his career to lose that. And of course, to shoot 40% of your film and have to literally start over uh, because right. you have new actors and you have new scenarios and you can't just take that footage and, you know, sure, if you have some, you know, B-roll or whatever, but the, the, the bulk of the movie is not something you're going to do over or just paste in. It's not like you're going to CGI in the face of <laughs> Klaus Kinski over, right, right, over right. Robards. But right, Klaus this isn't the, the right... crow where, yeah, Brandon Lee dies just, you know, a few uh, moments close to the end of production. And they, yeah, they could CGI. They could, you know, make it work. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, it wasn't going to happen. And so in that regard, I have a certain admiration also for, I. It, yeah, I, it's funny. I want to say that I feel in a way about Werner the way he feels about the jungle against, against my better judgment. I have a certain, you know, admiration for his artistry, <laughs> despite <laughs> the fact <laughs> that he is a bit exploitative and, you know. Right. Well, so. well, to, well, to speak to that, so yeah, the point that I keep going through in my mind is that there is something admirable to his uh, desire for authenticity, but this, this, is, this is where I really come down on it, is that it seems like he's dedicated throughout the film to go deeper and deeper into the jungle. Right now, there, as as Matt was pointing out, there are logistical issues. So a lot, some of it is financial, right? So the gain, the potential gain, increases the further into the jungle he he travels. But the 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 disaster, you know, also increases at the same time. But I was thinking, you know, the thing about it though is that it's not like there are any real uh, geographical markers here. You know, a lot of the terrain basically looks the same. And yet in his mind, he has, he can't create filmic geography. He needs authentic, he needs real geography. Even in this fictional film, it's like he's creating, he's determined to chart the actual route. And you think about it, and he's determined to create this larger than life circumstance that perhaps he makes even more difficult he, he makes it more difficult than the original pro, uh, projection that he gave to the engineer. And he makes it more difficult than the historical figure that he's trying to replicate, you know, because the historical figure is, he sees it as the myth of Sisyphus. 
And the myth of Sisyphus, of course, is impossible. It's yeah. impossible. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's true. That's a good point. And so he he's driving towards impossibility in extremely in, inhospitable terrain. And I, I just couldn't help but think, like, why couldn't he have done this in Germany? Why couldn't he have done this? Why couldn't he have done this somewhere? You know, that um, yeah, even, you know, somewhere in Brazil or somewhere in Peru, you know, a port somewhere, you know, a lot of the, you know, do do this in miniature, do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He, you're right. He wants to, you know, he, you know, it's, you know, see, now you brought up something interesting and I want Matt to speak about this too. You brought up Camus of all people, you know, Camus is a very tender hearted nihilist and atheist. He really is because he doesn't not believe in God because he hates religion. He even talks about the possibility of if someone could reason me into it. But as quoted from Myth of Sisyphus, he says, I've never seen anyone die from the ontological argument. Meaning even if you could reason me into it, there's something about faith. There's something about faith, which I don't, I don't have this, but there's something about it that does drive you. And in Werner Herzog's case, it is a kind of a nihilism, I guess, that drives him. He wants to see, maybe he's seeking his own form of God. Maybe, maybe in his way, he, he thinks if I can, if I can conquer nature, maybe I can find the, that answer. Maybe that is his, his personal sort of drive, if I dare say spiritual, but I don't even know if I want to use that word. It's, it, it, because he probably wouldn't necessarily want to say that word. He, but without his own awareness, though, maybe it is. Maybe there is that element. And he's willing to, as you said earlier, David, he's really, he's really willing to take other people with him. That's his, that's his nihilism. Um, and I'd love to hear Matt's, I'd love to hear Matt, your thoughts on that. Well, I think you wrote about it called the uh, later write about Fitzcarraldo and then just kind of general whatever is, is the conquest of the useless, right? So mm -hmm. there's a, there's a, there's a definite um, there's a definite. I mean, there's there's a couple different things here. Like one thing is that like the difference between like Kinsky and and Herzog um, is that you know it is not in their monstrosity. I mean, what, what the difference between them is that Kinsky is is a, a raging, barely functional narcissist. Like this guy really like if he's not breathing in all the oxygen in the room, he feels like he's suffocating, right? Mm -hmm. That's why he, like, <laughs> it's really true. It's why really he constantly needs to be like the center of attention. If anything breaks that kind of attention line from him, uh, it causes a crisis, right? So this is why Kinsky's always throwing fits. Yeah, Herzog's not like that. Herzog is much more curious about the world around him. He's much more able to take in the world, have thoughts, process those thoughts. And then speak and then think, right? He's much more able to observe, right? Whereas Kinsky is like almost incapable of observing things. He, he just yeah. needs to command the attention. So that's kind of the basic difference between the two of them. Um, with Herzog, he's more visionary. He has a big grand scheme. Now, in order to achieve both of their goals, they will endanger people's lives, right? So in order to just get attention, he will put your life in danger. Uh, in order to achieve his vision, uh, Herzog will put your life in danger, right? Yeah. So the question isn't, you know, like, are they, are they so driven to do what they want that, that, that whatever the difference is that one of them, uh, the difference really is, is the difference between, uh, what do you call it? Um, long-term and short-term satisfaction, okay. right? So that like Herzog can plan for, for the long-term, he can delay gratification. That's what I'm looking for. Herzog has the ability to delay gratification, whereas Kinsky needs immediate gratification. So that's really kind of the major difference between the two of them. 
that makes sense. That makes sense. And I liked what you said about he's he's not content unless he's he feels like unless he's breathing all the air in the room. He's yeah. Then he's suffocating. His but, his particular narcissism, <laughs> his particular narcissism, is he like as you said, Kinsky is much more concerned with how others will relate to him, and it has to be on his terms. And Werner Herzog is interested in interacting with the world. Yeah, he does. He does want to feel that interaction with the world, yeah. but it's still to a certain degree, obviously, on his terms with his vision. That's, I guess, on their own terms is the thing that they definitely would have in common then. Right, right, right. And so I think, but I think what's really interesting though um, about, so that's kind of the difference between like uh, um, uh, Herzog and Kinski. Now, I think the interesting thing about Herzog though is when we talk about the making of Fitzcarraldo, he was very well aware that Fitzcarraldo's uh, um, mission was absurd. And this is a very reason why he's interested in it. You know, like if you look at the, the filmmakers, the, 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 the films that he made about the conquest of the Americas, Giri um, uh, God and, and, and this one, Geraldo. Uh, it's those the conquest of Americas are not about, you know, it's not about John Smith, it's not about Hernan Cortez, it's not about Barrow, it's not about these people who set out goals, did things, horrific things, murder, um, and all kinds of enslavement and, 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 and human trafficking, horrible things, right? But we're successful. No, his interest is in people who do things that are completely false, right? And so, like, and, and that's kind of generally speaking, uh, 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 body of work is about folly. It's about just doing something that makes no sense, probably fail, you end up getting eaten by a bear, right? So, like, that's kind of like the general filmography of Herzog. So, he is very well aware that Fitzcarraldo is absurd, right? He's very, very well aware. The, 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 the goal of Fitzcarraldo is absurd. It's really absurd. It's Caruso, like you're bringing Caruso to people who have no context of, of who Caruso is, would not care, have their own music, have their own tradition. This is ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. But but it's absurdity. The fact that it can be ridiculed is why, is what drew him to make Fitzcarraldo, right? So that's kind of, that's kind of- Right, right, right. Um, a word that comes- what I, think, what, I, what I think is troubling about this is that this is a story about the, no, the nobility of, of absurdity. You know, uh, according to the myth of Sisyphus, you know, that's that that is about, you know, that is an absurd endeavor that's likening existence to lifting a rock and and failing over and over and over again, you know, for eternity. Well, here's what I think. Here's what I think, though. Yeah. I, I, Utility is the word. that comes Unlike to unlike Aguirre, because I think this becomes the cautionary tales. Sorry, Matt, cut you off there. The cautionary, you know, that often like uh, people like in, uh, you know, Vietnam to this quagmire or something right uh -huh. and that's supposed to that that uh that existence itself itself is is uh, is telling you that what you're doing is wrong that the universe you know the the physical environment is responding right is 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 actually you know that that favorable outcomes uh favor uh good intentions and unfavorable outcomes which of course is absurd the the universe doesn't work that way you know, you could do something really wrong and be extremely successful with it. Um, but I think that to a certain extent, right, if you have Hollywood films where the only message that you ever get is that good things happen to good people, right? And, and that's a pro-military, pro-imperialist, pro-white supremacist, pro-all of these things, and good things keep happening for it. I think there is something... Uh, you know, to be said for films that that depict people failing at things, 
but this isn't just a film about people failing at things. This is people. This is this is noble. This is depicted in Fitzcarraldo as being noble, and I I don't think there's anything noble about it. I'm I'm gonna get to that too, but like but but like when I when I when I think about and I understand why you're interrupting. I'm saying such stimulating things. All right. So, um, the reality here is that that uh, uh, interrupted him too about the prostitute. I couldn't resist. I know. Uh, so 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 when I think about when I think about though when I think about Warner Herzog in general, like this whole just this person in general, I think of somebody who probably around the age of thirteen, uh, uh, fourteen, fifteen, read Don Quixote, and while the rest of us were laughing, he was weeping. Right. So that's that's kind of who I think. That's how I think of Warner Herzog. Um, and again, like, and so I think that. Herzog, in many ways, is able to create a lot of transcendent art because he does take these risks because it is so like whatever it's so visceral it's so just like full of like life and death and everything is just the stakes are always so high. He's 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 kind of like a character in a Dostoevsky novel, like delivering a speech about a dead horse in a dream, right? So that's kind of who he is, right? And so everything immediately begins with an intensity that most of us really only muster like once or twice a year or something like that, if that. Right. And so like his whole life is like lived at that level. And so that's why he's this transcendent artist. It's also why uh, a lot of his work's uneven, though, because because he's like chasing these moments. Uh, he doesn't always like just do the base work to make make sure the film is like good, because like, like, like for me, I feel like a, a film can't be great unless it's good. Right. So you have to have a base of being good. And on top of that, you have this greatness. Right. Which is which is these these moments you can't explain. They just kind of came to you and they're like, oh, my God, um, that make it like transcendent. And so like that's kind of how I feel about him. Now, the question is less blank though, right? So he was watching all of this. He saw all of this and he saw the behavior of Kinski as well, but he chose not to document it. Mm. He chose to stick with Herzog, Yeah, right? That's... So that really tells you something because, you know, I'm sure there was enough calamity going on throughout this whole film. I mean, maybe that guy from Italy, the, the one that was taking his hat off and fanning himself, maybe he caused problems. We don't know. Maybe, maybe the the one dude who in the actual movie was uh was like uh, supposed to be the kind of the mestizo captain who was like, you know, I'm not like those Indians, blah blah blah. Uh, we have to see the movie to know about, but like maybe he caused problems. I mean, maybe you know there were problems within the camp. But what he focused on was Warner Herzog, right? And the most obvious thing that would pull you away from that would be focused on Kinski. So, yeah. so Blake and the crew they made some very particular decisions. To, to, to make a film that is essentially like a Captain Ahab type story, right? Right, right. He's willing to risk everything uh, and not only risk himself, but risk everyone uh, for, his, for, his, for his pursuit, for his, for his selfish pursuit. Um, and isn't that like humanity? And isn't that like us all? And isn't that whatever? But maybe not really, you know? Like, so like, that's kind of like, that's kind of what... <laughs> I mean, because Les Blank himself made a film, like a film a year again, and he was never like having, you know, banjo players go down the coal mine. You know, that was never part of like, you know, I need to get this shot. <laughs> right? That was never part of like, like um, because uh, he's because Les Blank, and here's the difference. I think you know we can say that obviously, like Kinski, Werner Herzog does to a certain degree. And I guess this is true of a lot of visionaries. To some degree, they they are, for better or worse, they're they're to some degree imposing a vision on the world. Uh, Les Blank is documenting it. You see, that's the difference, right? I would say between those two filmmakers. 
because Les Blank, he's a documentarian. He's documenting what he sees, you know, but Werner Herzog, he wants to impose a vision. He wants right. to impose a certain reality. And he, and, 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 and in a way he wants to find, and, and in a way, I, and I think this is where David's coming from too, in a sense, he also wants to show the futility of, of someone who wants to impose a vision on a world that doesn't want to be uh, imposed upon, that doesn't want to be tamed, a wildness that doesn't want to be tamed, despite his attempts to paint, to paint, to tame it. And, and that, then that makes sense, you know, in the context of his relationship with Klaus Kinski, while he, why he'll even work with Klaus Kinski. <laughs> Because he thinks he's going to tame him too against right. his own judgment because he knows he will. But the general idea, right, is that, you know, like, oh, you know, the, the wilderness does not want to be tamed. You're the wild ones. Like, I mean, if we're going to like talk about like the wild, like wild, <laughs> right? You're the one, I mean, like there's a certain homeostasis and there's a certain whatever people are living a certain kind of way and they, they kind of got their, they got, they got their thing down. They're, they're making their meat. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're doing this. They're doing this. <laughs> they got, they got a certain kind of thing going on. They're setting up a council to figure out how to better deal with people. You know, like they're doing all these things, right? And then they're like, he, then you show up and you're like, you don't respect the council. You, you're like telling people to drag this boat everywhere. And you're like, I'm paying you twice what you get in the field. So what about that, right? Um, you're, 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 you're doing all these things, but you know, you're paying them twice what they would have got in the field, but that only speaks to the conditions um, that, that are, they're being exploited by companies like Nestle, right? So like, uh, you know, so that, that kind of, you know, so like, well, you're better than Nestle. So anyway, so so this is kind of like. This is kind of, uh, I'm better. I'm better than a dictator. I'm better. I'm, I'm better than. I'm better than Coca-Cola. I'm or maybe than, I'm a better dictator. You know. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. So 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 this is this is moving. You know. I'm a kinder, gentler dictator. Right. So this is this interloper. Is, right. But then with and then then but then you know like it's very similar to the heart of darkness because you bring the attitude of like you know like the horror the terror uh you know here in the jungles or whatever no you are the horror you are the terror. <laughs> You, you, you that is the message are the problem. Yes, you are the problem. Um, right, because huh? right, uh, well, I think it's poignant throughout the film. We have so many images of the boat hurtling, you know, and the boat was docked somewhere. You know, I think or one of them was was uh, there are three different boats and one of them was docked in Colombia. Uh, some one of them was somewhere else. And we multiple points through this film, we have this boat hurtling in dangerous directions intentionally <laughs> or, or unintentionally, uh, but set into motion by Werner Herzog. We have this great scene where, you know, he's on top of the boat and he's smoking and he's like, oh, it's going to hit here and we need to, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, it won't uh, beach or, or go too far down the river because in either circumstance we're fucked. <laughs> and the branches are coming in and he's like jumping through. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, and the investors but yeah, don't want to invest unless the boat moves and the boat can't move unless the investors invest. And there's there's just this constant conflict that he lives with, right? Yeah, and, uh, but I think speaking to what Matt's saying is that I but think the boat, that. the boat functions really, really well. You know, when I think of a boat, you know, the most iconic idea would be like the ark but this is like the Titanic, you know, this is disaster. <laughs> Multiple points. This is something brought in that, that wasn't there before. And I think it really just, you know, it's just constant disasters, constantly hurting, constantly threatening people's lives. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in the film itself, you have the image of like, 
this record player, which symbolizes, you know, um, culture and art and, and uh, you know, the outside world and that, that, that it's there as the boat crashes, you know, as the dream dies, this, we're still clinging on to this thing. But right. I think that's what tries, that's the idea of making it more triumphant. And, but something I would say, not not knowing an extreme amount, I think actually with the actors, um, you know, the replacement for Fitzcarraldo with Kinski is that, in my mind, it makes it a better film for, for what it is in, in, in being this film about the civilizing mission, about this white man's burden, about colonialism and art and imposing one's vision yeah. on, on a place that doesn't want it. Because, because there is something very detached about Kinski. There's something when he's in the other guy, the other actor, I forget what his name Jason was. Robert. He had much more of a warm presence. Um, or, whereas actually for this film, I like Kinski for the, for that role, because he does have that, that level of detachment. Um, it reminded me something of, uh, there's a great nihilist film that I like, uh, called the, the Homesman, I think. And it has Tommy Lee Jones as kind of like, you know, this, this, uh, duty bound and very serious but in the film he becomes very lively and 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 that actor reminded me of that of having that very kind of american energy that very like you know revelry and you know let's get up but but i like kinski and having because that that to me is there's something quintessentially imperialist european <laughs> and mad and mad because jason robarts if you watch him he was in a he was in a you know in in a uh, uh he was in a uh, treatment of inherit the wind he is very he's more reserved he's more civilized in his personality it would have been a very different movie kinski hmm. i would not describe him that way civilized in his personality you know and if you watch him if you remember the scene where he's surrounded by uh the akita indians he looks like the wildest one in the bunch i mean <laughs> They're standing there. Do you remember this man? They're standing there, very organized. Everything is very organized for them. Uh, they know who they are. Kinski's like this. He's like, you know, he looks like he's about to go off. I do also think that this, I keep thinking, I can't stop thinking about the, um, the 1930s universal, uh, the deleted scene from Frankenstein you know, now I know what it feels like to be God, which that's why it was deleted originally, it was found to be too offensive to mm. 1930s audiences. I do think there is this sense of wanting to conquer, wanting to, whether it's people or nature, or there's this sense of wanting to accomplish something that's bigger than myself so that I can experience that, so I can feel that immortality, so I can feel that greatness even at the expense of other people. Because um, what it, that is what is interesting. You definitely get the sense that Werner Herzog, he is certainly aware of the tragedies going on around him. He's just not, he doesn't seem to me, and you guys can speak to this too, he doesn't seem to be fully aware of his relationship to those tragedies. You know, yeah. how he has influenced or affected them. He, he obviously feels a certain amount of that when he says, I should, you know, not be a filmmaker. I should go and live in the lunatic asylum. 
you know, after this. He says, I should not be a filmmaker. And he clearly does feel <laughs> something for the people. <laughs> he feels something for the people who have suffered and died. But a, a moment of clarity. A moment of clarity. He, he does seem to have that sense, but, and yet he doesn't, it, it doesn't strike me that he fully recognizes that he has been part of creating this misery that he just said, the trees are in misery, the birds are in misery, he's in misery, his film is in misery, all these people around him are in misery, <laughs> but he doesn't seem to recognize that, oh, you know, I've brought this. Yes, he's, he's right, and, and Matt is right too. I mean, there is going to be conflict. There are going to be certain deaths and, and torments with or without his presence, but it's his particular way of affecting some of those things that he doesn't seem to fully uh, did i miss something or would you guys no, agree no, no, he doesn't no, no, seem no, to fully no, grasp no, that there there with or without him there there's going to be like conflict wherever but with or without his presence in berlin there's going to be conflict in berlin i mean without with or without his presence anywhere there's going to be conflict right so that the people get into conflict right and the main thing with him is that like there's this issue like he just really doesn't he talks about him. I think even like four minutes in, he says "savage Indians" or someone disagree. Yes. I mean, the reality yes. is that the most, yes. the most unstable, the two most unstable individuals in this movie are, or, or in this scenario, are Klaus Kinski, who is the most unstable, <laughs> seconded uh, by Warner Herzog. You are the two <laughs> most unstable people here. And when you start talking about like um, this concept of like you know like civil civil this or that or the other. Like everyone there, like, you know, all, all, all the Aikido Indians, they're, they're working, you know, they're working. So like they are, just, they're working, they're, 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 they're functioning as workers. Well, and how long has their community and culture survived? We get the right. sense that it's been, right. God, for, yeah, we don't even know how long, many, many, right. many millennia. Many millennia, yeah. So this concept, well, I mean, uh, time memorial. So, so this concept of like savagery, right? This idea that these are savage, we're the civilized ones, and now I'm acting like a savage. No, no, you have always been. The, I mean, like if, if we're gonna live, if, if savage is another word for violent, you've always been the savage one. Like you've always been the savage one in this relationship. There's no period of time where you weren't the the, the aggressor. There's no period of time where you weren't the one acting transgressively. And I don't mean like that, that of necessarily Warner Herzog, his own person, I'm just, just him. I mean, but like this, this whole, this historic relationship between Europe and the Americas, or we come to the Americas, um, has always been one of, of, of the violence was coming from Europe. This, yeah. And, and this, 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 uh, this, 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 uh, this construing this relationship as, you know, um, as uh, I have come here to the jungle and now I've taken on the ways of the jungle and I have now become a jungle person and like I am <laughs> George of the jungle, I'm Tarzan now, some attitude like this. Um, no, like you have, you, have, you, you have brought the violence here. Now that's not to say that people without European um, uh, intervention wouldn't have their own conflicts. Clearly, there's a group of people that have an individual conflict. I mean, that happens during during the set there, and they handle it. They 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 do it, and they whatever happens happens, right? Like uh, you know, they, they shoot the arrows, and then they go and they they have a display of force. The, the men leave the village, and like they they show them what's up, and then they come back. So like that's you know, and we're told that there was no bloodshed. I highly doubt that, but like you know, like you know, probably somebody got somebody at least got a broken nose, most likely, right? Somebody at least got like probably smacked around or something, or maybe they didn't. I don't know. But but like but but this was handled. Whatever happened, it was handled, right? Now that would happen with or without Warner Herzog. I mean, maybe it wouldn't happen at that time, 
with that Warner Herzog because they may not have been there, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, like a conflict between with or without that, with or without the Peruvian government, with or without the Brazilian government, that the but but what uh but this idea though that like you know we're like you know whatever and like isn't it bizarre that we're the ones acting the most whatever no it's not bizarre at all that's normal <laughs> that's that in fact you know as you're talking matt what occurs to me is i think that yes there is a bit of denial in Western culture, that we are going to do something helpful, but in reality, there is there is an element of there's always this element of exploitation. It seems that that element of exploitation always seems to be present. There's just no way of getting around that. I feel you guys are nodding, like I think you would agree with that. There's, I right. Well, I mean, there's exploitation, but there's also like there's also this question of like dehumanization, right? That comes from like you know, hundreds of years of war and conquest, right? So like in exploitation, we, we reviewed the bicycle thieves uh, not too long ago, right? And right. reviewing the bicycle thieves, I mean, there's exploitation abound, right? But there's no concept that like you guys are human, right? or or there isn't there isn't really. I mean, maybe there's a little bit. I mean, like, you know, when we start getting the real upper echelon of, of wealth, right, that, that everyone who isn't wealthy is not human. But it takes on a whole different dimension when we're talking about, when we're talking about, you know, war, conquest, and centuries of building identity upon in relationships at conquest, either as a conqueror or as a conqueror, right? That takes on a whole different level. level just exploitation doesn't quite describe you know a documentary i would be interested in seeing is a documentary about what the effects of working on this movie were for the for the akitos and for the other <laughs> that would be an, wouldn't that be an interesting documentary yeah that would be um, interesting i think it would be really an interesting i i would have loved it if les blank and, and maureen gosling and who knows maybe that footage exists somewhere more you know they did a little bit of interviewing you saw where they were talking about how you're how are you making your alcohol what was that beverage called again do you guys remember uh, mas, 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 masada masoto masada that sounds something, right. something like that um it would it would be really interesting if i and i don't know masado yes yeah, yeah. masado it, it would be really interesting I do remember it was also interesting where do you remember this that was an interesting moment in the documentary where Werner Herzog and I it, I think it might even be one of the producers are talking to the Franciscan priest they're talking to the priest about what's going on with the Aikidos it's hard for them still to go directly to the Aikidos and ask them what's going on what's wrong they mm -hmm. actually have to go to another westerner and the Westerner says, well, you know, there's a hole in their soccer ball. This is bad, mm. right? There's a hole in their soccer ball. This is bad. This is a big part of their, uh, their experience, a soccer ball. Um, you know, they're, they're struggling not being with their families. That they're, they can't, If they can't make their masado, the, the, the whole, it just, it was really interesting that there was still this sort of always this gap between Werner and the people of the region, no matter what. That, that's a little bit heartbreaking, right. isn't it? Well, well, which is interesting, too, to, to contrast that, because as the film starts, you know, when he's happy and things are going well, 
we see him playing soccer. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, uh, you yeah. know her, he, he likes to be among the people when things are going well. You know, when things are not going well, then, then we see more of this, this separation. He retreats more into his... Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. But, but you know, I, I, I want that's another thing though. I want I want to I want to get look at that. I mean, that's not another but like how do we know he was playing soccer with him in the beginning? I mean, this is the choice of the filmmaker, right? Cuz we weren't actually right. there. So we're seeing these things. So um, again, this is like speaks to like how well this film was made to just like point counterpoint point counterpoint point counterpoint point counterpoint point counterpoint, right? Yeah. So the foreshadowing of him playing soccer and like just how happy he is and and that's very much like Warner's are very like at his best, right? Just like just digging into something and just being there and just being alive and not having any weird whatever, right? But then then he he has a moment of pause and then his weird stuff starts arising again. But um, but see, like again, he talks about I don't want these people to be touched by Western civilization. I don't blah 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 blah. And here he is playing soccer with them, right? So clearly already they're playing this 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 thing soccer. And I'm not even gonna say like soccer is Western. I mean I don't know where soccer originated. I mean some people say that like you know they're that actually. Like from, uh, yeah, yeah, the Americas, yeah, Americas with the with the with the hip ball game, um, but um, but you know who knows, whatever it is, it's a global sport, it's played all right. over the world. It's it's the world's most popular sport, and these people, they are a part of the world, they are a part of the world, and like Herzog does not have that conception that they are a part of the world. If they want to play soccer, they can play soccer. If they want to like get TV and want to get a satellite, they can get a TV and a satellite. If they want to make buildings, they can make buildings. I mean, like the idea that like you know Indians can't make buildings and they're not Indians anymore. That's because they're not part of his world. I guess that's the real. That's where the separation then comes from, right? Well, I mean, yeah, they're not part of his world. They're part of the world, but not his world. It's very difficult for me to imagine like Warner Herzog going to, um, let's say. Czechoslovakia and like mourning the, uh, the 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 presence of a German beer, right? It's very it's very difficult for me to see Warner's like even going to Japan and mourning the fact that there are skyscrapers. Okay. Oh, why are there skyscrapers here, right? Like, but the idea that like you know like that 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 you know people in the you know in the Amazon should should play soccer is like well he he embraces that, but the idea that people in the Amazon should like you know get cell phones. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, so much has been lost, right? <laughs> that, that mentality, I mean, really speaks to to the relationship that Europe has, um, or that European, the, the European like mindset. But I mean, it's also like it's really funny because I'm thinking like you know I keep like talking about like you know the Indians going to 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 Germany and going to the German countryside or something like that and acting this way, right? But like I don't have to actually imagine people doing this to continental Europeans. I don't because it happens all the time. Right, the people that do that to Europeans are called Americans, right? And they, <laughs> they hate October first, and they hate them for it. I mean, they hate them for going to places and being like, "What's this? What the hell? Look at this! Oh, this building is six hundred years old. <laughs> How funny!" Well, <laughs> well okay, because them. money can't buy cultural appreciation and. And sometimes it's the worst offenders, the worst tourists, and as as they say in Britain, in their trainers and in their caps and in their t-shirts, you know, looking so unslovenly, but with all this money, with who are these who are these crazy people who now run the world, so to speak? Why are they infiltrating? They have no culture, etc. I've definitely, I mean, and I'm not saying this is my imagination. I've I lived in Europe and witnessed it firsthand. So I know 
that there there is a that that the perspective you're describing exists and i know i i have a sense of why it exists and there there is some value to it there i'm not saying people don't do it i'm not i'm not, I'm not saying that people you're right though you're right I'm though that I people mean, do not go there and like throw their feet up on the on on the on the table and 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 and, and act with no respect i'm not saying that doesn't happen <laughs> what i am saying is that Horner herzog is doing a very similar thing you know yeah. He's doing a very, very similar thing. And he's going somewhere, kicking his shoes up, you know, just like, you know, you know, like. You're and, saying he's not respecting the culture and he's not respecting the society and he's not he's recognizing the organization. respecting the society or organization. Yeah. There. I mean, it, the whole film opens with him, with, it, with, with, with you being made aware that he didn't yeah. recognize. Yeah, his very first reference to the indigenous population is savage Indian. Right. And no one else at any point good. says that word in the film. Yeah, no one else good. says savage. Right. And then, but you're also like, you also cross cut from that to, to, to this council of people saying, Hey, you know, like we're, we're, we're the local authority here. We're like, you know, whatever we regulate how people interact. And like, you know, he's talking about like, we regulate how companies act. We regulate how like, whatever, like we're, we're trying to get this thing started. We're trying to get this thing off the ground, essentially trying to start a, a kind of like a, I'll say a union, but like, but, but almost like a, like, like more than a union, but, 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 but but definitely it's with a the governmental organization yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a governing body that there's like about. a county basically yeah. right. and he's coming in undermining yeah. the governing body right so it'd be really interesting to see like who didn't work on on Fitzcarraldo right because I you know like these, everyone involved in making this I mean there's a potential these people are all scabs <laughs> like you know like you know like, like that there was all kinds of you know like people were like no we're not working on that unless we get the proper you know that that's totally possible too so I'm, I don't know Oh, well, that's fascinating, actually, in terms of labor is I, I love the line of where, where they talk about they they talk about the different tribes. And he says, you know, and and uh, Herzog's favorite tribe is the tribe that walks to set for four yeah. days. <laughs> Those are like, the man I remember walking. that. And it just looks agonizing. You're thinking yeah. to himself, you're thinking to yourself, like, wow, his his favorite people to work with, they're the hardest working, but it's just like it's ridiculous it's like and, and just misery loves it. company david <laughs> misery loves company ah they're willing to suffer like me four yes. days just to right. get to the set so i'm saying like in the beginning though it, it, it's totally it, it, it opens with him the fact that he's undermining all these things right so the fact that like there's this this relationship of undermining that comes from like power i mean like there's the big way of talking about the historic da, 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 but then there's like the, the 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 smaller way of talking about it on an individual level like you yeah he really came in and he undermined all these things that would have been possible to make this film had he not done it well i mean maybe not but like you know is it that important that he make this film to, to do that i mean like i mean I, I don't know i mean honestly like if you really watch if you watch Fitzcarraldo, i think uh, a giri wrath of god's a much better movie and it didn't actually require as much whatever Fitzcarraldo is <laughs> Fitzcarraldo's like it has moments, but it's kind of uneven. And I can't even blame him for being uneven. Look at the conditions he made it under, right? So like I think the unevenness you can't do something, something don't that do was it. intended. I think some of the unevenness was intended actually. I think that's that that was Werner Herzog's idea. I, I agree with I think some of it wasn't, but I think some of it was. I, I you know too mad. I, I keep I I keep thinking to myself and then Werner Herzog took Fitzcarraldo and it went to Cannes Film Festival, Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> and then he, he had his first press junket 
uh, in the United States of his career after Fitzgeraldo. He goes on David Letterman and he go, you know, he does all these talks. Just, I mean, it is, it, it's, it's sort of back to business as usual, I suppose, after it's all over. Um, he doesn't strike me as a total narcissist, as a, as a sociopath, as someone who doesn't have well-meaning tendencies, but that's the difficulty of colonialism because some, some colonialism is well-meaning. Some colonialists were like, I wanna have sex and have babies with, with, with indigenous women because I think they're hot, you know, and, and let's so blend our cultures. And whether that was good or bad, I guess, depends on the people involved, but it's true. It's like, you know, I, and then others were like, no, I, I just, I just find it's just, it's kind of like nature. How do you stop it? And I'm not being an apologist. I've been accused of, I want to say, I'm not an apologist. I, I'm not saying that this is good and I'm not saying that it's bad. I suppose there are elements that are unquestionably bad. And I think that if you have a child who is born of a colonialist and, a, and an indigenous person and you say to them, this is bad, how can you say this? This is a human being. I just, I don't know what the answer is because the, it marches on. Now we know that he talks about how this is one of the last of the rainforests, you know, it could disappear. And we've seen the rainforest shrink. We have seen that become a reality since 1982. And, and what, what do we do? do? Bulldozes his way through it. Yes, bulldozes his <laughs> way through it. And, you know, and he does get that ship over the hill. He does, he is determined that he's, he is determined to, he is determined to, to impose his will on the world at the end of the day. And, and then he's going to take it to festivals and then he's going to, you know, advance his career and everything else. I mean, it is, it is artistic colonialism, isn't it? Isn't it? I want to be, I want to really, let me clear. But I have an admiration for him as an artist. We're talking about, when we're talking about colonialism, though, this is, this is a horrific thing that shaped the last 500 years. When we talk about, like, the people that are born of, of, uh, of this mixture of that thing, right, right, like, of, of, of that. So, like, you're talking about the difference between, like, say, Anglo settlement, Spanish settlement. I am a product of the Spanish conquest. I am Indian and Spanish, right? I'm, you know, I, I have both sides, running through both sides of my family, and I have no... Guam saying fuck Christopher Columbus, fuck Hernan Cortez. here, folks, on the Criterion Collective. Fuck Pedro fuck these conquistadors, man, fuck them. Like, I have no, there's no, like, it's not mixed. It's not like hesitant, like, well, that's part of your, well, fuck that side of me then. I don't, I'm like, whatever that means. What about Herzog then? What about Herzog? What about the Herzog? I don't think of Herzog in the same, I don't think he's going in there slaughtering people and killing people and then like trying to take the gold out. I don't think, he's not even as bad as Fitzgeraldo, who was a rubber baron, or Fitzgerald is the real guy's name. He, you know, but then went by Fitzgerald, but like, he's not as bad. He's not a rubber baron. He's not going in there. He's not chopping people's hands off. In order to make this thing, um, he's not that. Uh, is he? Is he? Is he like questionable in a lot of what he does? Absolutely, absolutely questionable in a lot of what he does. Is, 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 is it? Is it? Is it bad? Yeah. But what I what I condemn Warner Herzog, the actual. This is kind of different. Like the, Warner Herzog, like the filmmaker, in terms of like the labor that that the the, the exploitation labor, really really bad. Um, the artist uh, Warner Herzog. Um, I would, he, if I was getting on a list of people to condemn, he, he would, he would, there'd be a long list before him. I mean, I, I would start with John Ford. 
but like you know mm -hmm. i'm gonna start condemning the, the artistic the artistic output of people um yeah but uh but but I, but, but, I, but i just want to say like in terms of the colonialism in terms of this i mean this is the you know it's really it, it comes the, the the attitudes that warner herzog is bringing to the table are born out of like conquest they're born out of out of, out of murder they're born out of subjugation right but you wouldn't have these same attitudes about french people you wouldn't have these same attitudes about english people you know what i'm saying you wouldn't have these same attitudes about other europeans right you wouldn't, you wouldn't like this attitude of like you know like uh it's a tragedy that, you know, that uh, the english are drinking pilsner beer you know what happened to english culture right you know what i'm saying like you wouldn't like elements of german culture that entered into the like, oh my god you know like who will preserve bangers and mash or what you know or who will preserve you know spotted dick or whatever, whatever this is british eat right who will preserve gin you know there's vodka they're drinking vodka in england oh my god you know that you know wouldn't have that kind of attitude so that's true that's true because that's more of a blending of cultures not a violent oppressive takeover Right, but, I, but I'm just saying that, like, but like, you know, if, if they're gonna play soccer, they want to play soccer. That's whatever. If they want to drink gin, they can drink gin. I mean, like, the, the idea is that they're part of the, the point I'm getting at is that they're a part of the world, right? Right. And that right. interaction can take place without it being like oppressive. Right. The idea that like, Werner Herzog worrying, worrying, because he even like he even like separates like the cuisine, he separates the camps from what they're yeah. eating. Right? So the idea that like, I don't want them to have mashed potatoes. Or I don't want them to eat um, uh, whatever it is they're preparing on their side. I don't want them to eat hamburgers, right? That would be wrong. Right? Oh, yeah. I think I think one you of the wrong is that you have them marching up. What <laughs> wrong? Is you have them marching a boat on a on. A, it's not even wrong. The other, I mean, it, it's as wrong. your engineers told you could kill people or paralyze. <laughs> not safe that's what's wrong you know what else you know what else occurs to me though matt and and this is what occurs to me too is that when when anyone says this is the way i think it should be and therefore this is the way it is in other words we don't have a scene in burden of dreams where he's sitting down with the akito indians and saying would you guys like to eat with us what do you think Right, right, right. Would you guys, right. Would you guys be interested right. in trying this? What do you think? Yeah. How would would you like to do it this way? What do you think? And I realize he's the director of a set, so even if this were in Germany or in the United States, it may not be customary for a director to say, "Hey, you guys." Would it? But then, if this were, it would be a very different set. So we aren't talking about Germany, and we're not talking about the United States. We are talking about an area where you have very unique circumstances. And I think that would have been an interesting moment if Werner Herzog would have actually said, what do you guys think about this? See, that's that's the part that I sometimes become uncomfortable with because it's, I'm going to make the decision for you. I'm a white male from a Western civilization and I'm going to tell you what I think is right to do. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, right. You know, I can be a little bit of a control freak too when I'm working, but like, but... I'm not putting people's lives in danger, you know, and anything that might be dangerous. Well, I, even like, forget like your life in danger, anything that might actually like, this is going to require like 12 hours of your time over the next like four days. Are you okay with that? You know, there, there's definitely like, you got you to gotta, you gotta come to those understandings. And he's definitely, I mean, you, 
it wasn't really covered too much in the film, but you could definitely tell there was a lot of hidden hands. I mean, there was a lot of like yeah. in the making of this. Uh, we um, also questions from the audience. Oh, we got some comments from the audience. I don't know if we want to go to them. One more thing I want to say before we go to that. I want to say we also don't get the scene where someone actually sits down with the Akito Indians and says, okay, I just want to make sure you guys understand that this thing was built for a 40 degree slope and it's a or a 30, 20 degree slope, it's a 40 degree slope. So just so you know, you could die, you could be parallel. It would have been interesting to see that scene too, where someone would be <laughs> yeah, We don't know if they really knew what they were getting themselves into or even after once, once Werner Herzog knew what they were getting themselves into, were they duly informed? So again, this is the question. I'm not saying they weren't, but I'm saying we don't get that from this film that they were. So um, again, we have a lot of imposition of will of a certain certain individual or group of individuals will on the other elements. So yeah, but we have questions I'd be interested to hear. Uh, so uh, uh, Gary Rodrigo says, um... He compares it to the whole manifest destiny idea. Uh, he talks about uh, um, the idea of like uh, America bringing uh, light to quote unquote the savage West. And he says, yes, that was what we we're talking about. And yeah, it's, it's very, it's very similar ideas. Yeah, I, I, I had a quick film reference. This, it, I can't help but be reminded of a film uh, starring Harrison Ford called The Mosquito Coast about oh, a man who brings uh, an ice machine to, yeah, I believe yeah. it is, the Amazon. But I think one of the brilliant things about that film is that it starts off with him saying racist things about uh, foreign companies uh, entering into the the American market. So from the very beginning, you know, despite anything, you know, this, this is a very smart character, very determined character, but the film sets up from the very beginning that this man is a racist. <laughs> in fact, I remember that because one of the things I remember about that film was it was controversial because because mm. Harrison Ford up to that point had always played a hero. A hero, yeah. And in this movie, he's an anti-hero of sorts. So that was a big deal. I do remember that. And it's interesting you brought that up. In fact, I want to make a reference to a movie too, which is a movie called The Letter with mm. Betty Davis. And it was it was a what you would, you would call it a precursor to films noir. It was a 1939, 1940 film and they're addressing the rubber barons from England. Hmm. And she's having an affair with someone who is linked to this country and how that ensues. And so for anyone who hasn't seen Betty Davis in the letter, it's not one of her more known films although there's a pretty iconic scene that people have seen from, that's almost in the beginning. Uh, and I don't want to give too much away because it's, it's really, it's definitely, if you are interested in these topics, the way it's addressed in the letter as, an, as a 1939, 1940 film is really interesting. And also from the perspective of a precursor to films noir, very interesting film. So good, good reference, uh, David, uh, and you triggered my, my memory about that. Do we have any other questions or comments? Yeah, yeah. So it says, uh, from Doug Jacobs, if you talked about this before, I apologize, but what do you make of Herzog's rant, uh, fornication, fornication? <laughs> I love that rant. Like I thought that rant was great. I I laughed through the almost the entire thing. I see, you know, it reminds me of a friend once saying to me, it's not as bad as you think you are. You know, the 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 Werner Herzog's lens, he is a he is a classic director because he sees the world 
through himself, right? Yeah. He sees the world through himself. This is what he's describing. <laughs> his own inner torment as it's reflected in this, in this you know, jungle. That's a good question. We, in comparison to that enormous articulation, we only sound and look like badly pronounced and half-finished sentences out of a stupid <laughs> suburban <laughs> novel. <laughs> yes, at least he has the guts to say that. I have to appreciate that because it's truthful. So Doug continues, it's like Well done, David. Well quoted. <laughs> Doug continues, it's like his inner hardcore Lutheran pe uh, preacher has emerged explosively. Doug <laughs> 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 so also continues to say, this does echo with your first show, Lord of the Flies. Uh, the really telling thing is that he could have shot the whole thing within miles of Quito, but he thought the jungle would bring out its own magic to the actors and crew. Jeez Louise. Yeah. And it did. It did bring out its own magic, a magic he couldn't control. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Good questions. Good comment. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea of like wanting to, I mean, it's kind of interesting, the idea of like wanting to shoot in the magic hour, that kind of, that kind of thing. Um, right. that, 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 that makes it like, that that was really good like and where it was placed in the film because it starts off like wanting to shoot the magic hour that seems kind of like a little obsessive it's oh, reasonable but reasonable right reasonable. it's reasonable it escalates. from a lighting perspective and remember this is 35 millimeter film this well, is not, 35 millimeter film when all of that 35 millimeter film costs hundreds of thousands of dollars i'm not saying it's unreasonable it's you just couldn't it's cgi difficult. you couldn't difficult yeah. right but it's a reasonable it's a it's a it's a reasonable but difficult request kind of like mm -hmm. kubrick shooting a scene like a hundred times with that that's 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 a lot but okay that's 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 not you know a labor violation and certainly not putting people's life in danger right so wanting to shoot at a certain hour that's you're being difficult but okay you have a vision and then to escalate from that yeah. from that point and I want to do it when it's about to go over the falls, the, the most dangerous falls in the entire world. Now, what you in that boat over there? <laughs> That's when it's like, it, it escalates from here to here. It, well, I, I will say from a pre-production perspective, it was a really, really great idea to have two boats. Yeah. That, was a, that was actually a very reasonable, logical choice yeah. that, that one might be lost um that and when he said what he said that i was glad they brought that up about pre-production that you know my, i have a i have a i have an editor who has a t-shirt that's my, my editor something sure it says fix it in pre because <laughs> you're not you're not going to be able to do this in production you're not going to be able to suddenly stop for two years and and make a new one and start over you do there the planning that is involved it's just again through what perspective whose perspective is this this is the this is another western white male's perspective Fitzcarraldo right that's what we know about Fitzcarraldo it's still that perspective this is not meant to be indigenous people's perspective and experiences it's about Fitzcarraldo Fitzcarraldo is the star and he's the rugged individual and he's the one man against nature and he's the he's the conqueror of all and he's god himself practically and it is a little bit scary, that attitude. And it is interesting to look at Werner Herzog from the artistic perspective. I agree with you. He's not, why well, I said our artistic colonialist. He's not a colonialist in the most literal sense of the world. He's not going there to kill people and to take over their country or any such thing. 
but he is there to try to conquer something. He's certainly there to conquer something, even if it is he wants to, why does he want to take on the story of Fitzcarraldo as sort of montage of different, you know, real life and fictional elements. He wants to accomplish what Fitzcarraldo could not. He wants to achieve a certain victory for himself. You know, there's a competitiveness about it, isn't there? Yeah, but he also has this element of like, but why Fitzcarraldo? So he always has this weird element of like uh, like the cosmic jest or something like that. Like, you know, like it's all nothing and none of it means anything, right? And like, but it means everything, right? Like, kind of like, kind of mentality. Good point. Um, But that's, well, that's why I did Gary, right? That's why I did a Gary, right? Gary, this guy who like, you know, like claims, you know, a kingdom uh, five times as like this is five times the size of Spain, but just by going down river and not really fighting with anybody, just like you know, just saying he's doing it. And all the only people he's fighting are his own crew, right? So that 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 like mentality, like that of 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 this just what are you even talking? What are you even talking about, right? Um, of, of making these films about like like what like like it's like kind of like it raises question marks because it's but then it, it it's supposed to call into question the things we do think are legitimate, like you know yeah. like, like a government, right? Like. So that guy on television is the prime minister. Okay. You know, like it's, it's supposed to like get you in that mentality. Like, oh, that's the president. All right. You know, um, to kind of question these things that we accept as like. Yeah, we are conditioned. We are conditioned to see authority a certain way, to see civilization a certain right. way, organization a certain way. And it's, it's hard for Werner Herzog to imagine then that the Aikido Indians have their own government, have their own organization. It isn't just wild. It isn't just random. It isn't just chaos for them. For them, for us, the way we might perceive it, it's still wild. But for them, it's not. It's life. It's life. So, so the way Herzog does, the the way, but what Herzog does is he shows you the absurdity of like failure to organize, of failure to establish an order, of failure to establish meaning, like something that 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 everyone's going to adhere to. Right. His order on someone else's. Right, right, right. But he, but will he, what he, I'm, as the artist, uh, uh, what appears on film as a result of his behavior, right? What, what does films look like? Films are people who are trying to argue the world as a way, as one way, and they fail miserably. Yeah, that's true. Very consistent thing. That's true. But in doing it, he's welcoming, he's welcoming us to question that actually succeed. Right, right. welcoming us to like That's find po- potholes in like in, in in the in the world as it actually is, and the way the world is actually right. As like, yeah, that was absurd and it failed, but the reality is just as absurd. Right? are also absurd, right? So that's kind of what Warner Herzog's film body looks like. Um, and for that reason, I guess I would say it succeeds. Fitzcarraldo succeeds in that regard. Yeah. What, what, what makes what makes you know, this is what the thing interesting is that Herzog is also, you know, a very absurd guy. Herzog is also a very uh, ridiculous kind of guy, and but he's also like these things like, like he won, he took it to Cannes, he did this, he did the film got finished, he's on Letterman, and like it it's no less absurd than a film that like would have like you know like petered out something that just like, wouldn't have worked, right? The, the, the success or failure of something. Uh, does not in any way, shape, or form lessen the tragedy or absurdity uh, of, uh, of people, right? So that's kind of like what, what, what Herzog is presenting to us. But what I really like about this film, this isn't a Warner Herzog film. This is a different film. What I really love about the film is that it, uh, is 
is that it it in its own way it doesn't in its own way it it it, it, it makes it really clear one to one. Like here he is playing soccer, laughing about it. Here he is unaware that the soccer ball was a belt. Here he is talking about the the jungle will sweat out, you know, the inequities and blah blah blah. Here we have the uh, the, the the you know the sex worker telling us, uh, "Oh, I only do this for money." Here we have, you know, like so it's like there's like example after example after example of him making these grand proclamations. Um, they're even in contradiction of his own grand proclamations, right? Talking about how much he loves this place. I don't want to live in a world where there are no lions, right? And then later on saying like, "I see no eroticism here." Like. <laughs> Choking. I see choking and murder and murder, right? So, <laughs> but it happens when things don't go his way. So that's kind of you know like the the, the nature. Of the- <laughs> it's funny. It's a. Hilarious. I mean, it's this man's pain. The way he expresses it is freaking hilarious. And I have to say. His German accent makes it that much better. I mean, if you oh, yeah. anyone else use like <laughs> this, you know, it's like no, it's like misery. The trees are in misery. <laughs> you know? I do not see erotic elements. I yeah. see fornication. You know, he. I mean, you know, like you guys talking about fornication is also like it, it, the most bizarre, like. Fornication is erotic. <laughs> I mean, what kind of thing That's is like, this? For some people, kind of, yeah, like, like, uh, like Doug was saying, what kind of puritanism is coming out of this man? He's preaching pain, you know. Yeah, for some people, that yeah, for some for people, some people that's erotic, I guess. Yeah. Some of them want to be. Uh, some of them want to use you. Some yeah. of them want to be used by you, right? Yeah. <laughs> some of them want to abuse you, and some of them want to be abused. So I mean, these are sweet dreams, man. So we don't, we don't know what sweet dreams lie in the hearts of. Uh... Oh, and speaking of another artist I admire, wow, Annie Lennox, wow. <laughs> and so you know, the thing is, I think this is also the interesting point is that you know there is also art that exists in many culture, cultures. Art will never see. Stories will never hear. There is a sense of the Western culture that wants it to live on forever and ever. We're going to preserve it in museums. We're going to record it for all the world to hear. And you can always go back to it. You can always see this. You can all, you know, who is telling this story? The person with the technology can now tell the story. Right. You know, know but see, but see, okay. okay, So like, what is technology though? Technology is like a a wheel is technology. That's true. Getting a stick and going like this and making fire is technology, right? So this idea that like, you know, like- The most advanced technology, how we define that word maybe, yeah, if I dare that's, say. That's like bombs and warheads and that's how like- The most like, dominant technology. That's dominant, right? But what, what I'm saying is that like, if Warner Herzog, like, okay, if you could combine the talent of Warner Herzog with like the general goodness of this Les Blank, right? Um, and and, and, uh, and what was her name? Oh, but Maureen not Gosling. Maureen Gosling. Maureen Gosling, right? And you, like the general just kind of like interest where I mean, what they what they could have done is like gone there and 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 shown people how to use cameras, and like like this how you use camera. I mean, there's nothing inherently colonial about a camera. That's there's true. Nothing inherently colonial about this 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 means to preserve things and create art and a way of doing things that can last on beyond beyond your lifetime. There's there's nothing really like there's nothing about it that's like necessarily oppressive, right? It just so happens that the oppressor also has. Oh. So like, that, that actually remind you reminded me of something, Matt. You, like you said, you say so many interesting things. What does the end mean? What does the end with the captions? Because I think there's some of the filmmaker. We get one of Werner Herzog, and it says something 
in Spanish, and I was trying I was trying to translate it, but I I didn't have enough time. I ran out of time. And I think there are some of the filmmakers because the last shots of the film are people are are Werner Herzog getting his picture taken with a very slow form uh, camera, a very old fashioned camera that that the people in the area have. And then when they do take the pictures, they put them up on this board and they put little captions with them. So I was kind of curious what, I, I what your take. Yeah. But again, I mean, like, again, he keeps, Herzog keeps talking about preserving people and not losing this. And, you know, I don't want them to this, but, you know, he's speaking Spanish to them. Like, you know what I'm saying? So they're, 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 they are, for better or worse, a part of the, I mean, for many horrible things, they, they, they're a part of the world already. And so this idea that, like, you know, like, oh, I don't want to introduce something new to them. I mean, they're speaking Spanish and playing soccer. So, I mean, like, the, the, a, a game you play. So wherever a soccer's origins may actually be, you're playing soccer because you know I play soccer. They know I play soccer. Everybody knows the rules of soccer, right? So they're already part of the world. So this 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 weird fetishization of you stay there and you stay there. It's not it's not like empowering them. It's not like it's not like it's not that empowering is the wrong word. He's not just like passing something along. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 you know what I'm saying? that's what he's I, not giving them an inheritance, the same inheritance that he has. Yes. Yeah. And you know you've made, you caught you know you guys have triggered something for me because I remember I was at the Portobello Film Festival in 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 London. It's a really great like kind of underground independent film festival, and someone there in the audience said to me, you know, that Hotel Rwanda. He said, "That's bullshit," because you know, he was from there. He said, "This is bullshit." I said, you know, that's one of the reasons why we need independent films, though. because if you want to tell the story, the story that you believe to be true, you need to pick up a camera yourself and tell it. Even if, even if instead of 10 million people seeing it, 2 million people see it, or 1 million, or only 10, we don't know. But this is the importance of you picking up a camera and telling your story, yeah. is that you want to tell that story. So what is that's why I said wouldn't it be an interesting documentary to see how the the uh, the indigenous people were impacted by this experience? Wouldn't that be an interesting film? I would love to watch a film where they're interviewed and discussing and and back in their own environment. This was their environment, but it was it was also constructed. And so by their own environment, I mean I mean their their own their own homes, their own huts, their own communities interacting. That would have been interesting. I would like to see that. I would like to see what that was like. And them talking about that experience and how maybe it differs from their own. That would be a story I'd yeah. like to hear. Well, you mentioned right earlier, like Fitzgeraldo being like, um, Fitzgeraldo being, uh, you know, like a, 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 a white man, you know, and uh, and her dog yeah. being a white man. Uh, yeah. White Western uh, male. Yeah, you know, white Western male. And Les Blank is also a white Western male. So I mean, like, you know, he, he, of these three, is probably you know uh, is probably the most uh, the most interested in people there, but even 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 his perspective still I mean it, it was like the concept of the film is like you're filming about you're filming about Herzog right, um that, that's about the best you can get. You have like you know when like white man must hold camera right, um and so like but even hey, better, white man must hold must hold camera, camera mine camera mine not yours. Right, right. Um, but that, that's actually also why I liked the narration of Maureen Gosling in it. I thought Maureen Gosling's narration brought some right. really great stuff. But, but that's still that's still white woman, right? So, but the, the best the best you're gonna get with white people holding camera in India, uh, you know, in, in this area is, is Les Blank and Maureen, right? So those are the best. Right. That's the best you're gonna get. True. Even better than that, though, would have been turn the camera over to to you know to 
the council, and then amongst them they could have selected who was who was going to do. That's true. Right? Not you don't you're not even going to pick you're not even going to pick the person, right? You're going to turn that over to the, <laughs> the body of people who would best know, right? Because you're you're going to pick somebody who's like nice to you. You're going to pick somebody who's like going to walk four days just to hang out with you. That's who you're going to pick. You're going to pick the you're going to pick the wrong person. You're going to pick somebody who's going to flatter you. Right. Yeah, it, that you make an interesting point because in all the time he was there, I'm sure that there would have been a number of people who of of really truly sufficient, if not more than sufficient intelligence, who could learn how to use a camera, without a doubt. Well, I'm telling you that the, the the first the first the first group of people we see are are, are are the council. I mean that that's the first group of people we see who have who, who and they and they raise an objection. They're like, you didn't even come in here. You have no respect. Like you're not you're not like this. We have a way of doing things. And you just barge right in here, and then like, and then like, oh, there's disputes with the council, this and that, right? So then it's kind of like kind of a labor, like a labor dispute, right? But um, so anyways, so all, all I'm saying is that like that would have been like if we're talking about ethics, right? If, if, if yeah. Now moving to the realm of ethics, um, that would have been ethical, right? Um, maybe not, maybe maybe to bring in somebody as like from like maybe to like I'm not saying turn over like. Because you, know, like, you can you can get funded this way and whatever, but like bring in somebody from from the area and make them like uh, an assistant of some sort. Bring them in as part of the production, like an assistant camera or something, something like that, right? That would have been more ethical. I mean, I don't know if that's like ultimately ethical, but that'd been more ethical, right? As opposed to as opposed to what we see, right? And you would have never brought Klaus Kinski in there. And that's just like that's like. You yourself already. You yourself already a stick of dynamite. You're now you're throwing in like, right? So like. Although I still think best fits Geraldo, though, really. Probably, probably, but I mean, like. Robards would have been a very different. It, that would have been. Well, I'm not a saying Robard either. Robard, I think of Robard. I think of like Parenthood, right? I think of him. He like, has a very. He has a reputation of being very austere. Yeah. No, I think of you know, like, like almost like opposite to Kinski. It's just, like, you know, if you ever heard of a situation where two actors potentially playing the same role, such different people, right? Like, it's like, what? How did that almost? Well, no, no, okay, so here's what I want to see, though, right? Here's what I would really want to see. I would really want to see a, a remake uh, or, or I've seen the movie Parenthood with, uh, with Klaus Kinski playing the role. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Dalton. Who's, uh, who's the, it would who's, be called it's called dysfunctional parenthood. And so who was the actor that was on the run from um uh you know yeah 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 uh, Steve Martin's obviously the star. Who was the character who was the the, the ne'er do well brother? Um, oh, Amadeus. Oh, uh, God, I can't remember. You said he was in Amadeus, also. I think he was Amadeus, wasn't he? Oh, 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 oh the actor who portrays um in uh, uh in the um in the Milo Sherman movie um, also in Animal House. Yeah, why can't I remember? Yes, yes, he was so good in that too. What was his name? That I'm embarrassed. I used to always be able to say this person. Um, he was great. Uh, I can't remember his name. If anybody out there knows, tell us. Um, Tom Hulse. Tom Hulse. All right. So, so you Tom imagine- Hulse. Thank you. Like, Lending Tom Holtz money, right? He's all like, he's all like, I'm gonna lend you this. <laughs> that'd be pretty. That'd be that. That'd be something. All right. Well, we're we're at, we're at 
got two hours at this point, so why don't we have? Like, oh my gosh, there was a lot of material to cover. A lot of material. Did we get to everybody who who wrote in? Did we get to everybody? Yeah. Have no, more? Yeah. Good. Good. Good job. Good job, guys. Really, uh, very lively discussion. Burden of dreams. Fitzcarraldo. So, uh, to to sum up, I I think that any filmmaker and any person who loves movies and anybody should should really see Burden of Dreams. It it does have all of these sociopolitical elements and it it it's it's a really compelling look into one person's vision and uh what are the uh the joys and sorrows of 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 filmmaking and what what is the impact of one's will uh with and or against uh the world uh and uh you know maybe maybe it is erotic after all <laughs> go watch it and find out. Oh. um wow burden of dreams what what an episode um David, yeah know. yeah def definitely worth walking oh you're gonna, am i you're gonna introduce next week's episode so why don't you go last oh okay oh good idea good all right idea. <laughs> No, I'll be short. I'll be short. Uh, I, Murder Dreams is, is a great film. You should check out the work of uh, more, more, more of the work of Les Blank. You should definitely check out um, uh, Herzog. Uh, you know, is one of the is one of the great um, is known as one of the great filmmakers. Known as one of the great filmmakers for the reason. Um, his films are very. I mean, they're very. Just uh, I don't know. It's 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 uh, it's uneven. A lot of them are a little uneven. I mean, but it's almost like reading Dostoevsky. A lot of that's uneven. So it's it's, it's a lot of uneven. But the highs are so like incredible. So it's, oh my god, like you know, what does this mean? um you know like you know what are we all doing out here this is everything is folly you know that, that sort of that sort of feeling um so uh yeah Herzog's a great filmmaker I would uh, in particular to this film though I would suggest you also watch Fitzcarraldo and also watch My Best Fiend um and it doesn't really matter watch Fitzcarraldo first but as far as this film or, or My Best Fiend it really doesn't matter which order you watch them in I mean that they just watch watch Fitzcarraldo and then watch these two watch those two uh in 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 um in uh, so that's my suggestion um you know similar to uh one of the actors portrayed in this film uh being in front of a camera um yeah also gives me physical pleasure uh one of the great quotes uh from this movie that we didn't get around to quoting wanted to make sure to hit upon that point um i think the brilliance of this film is that it kind of for a lot of people in the western world or uh you know powerful uh developed imperialist nations um, throughout the world, uh, there is this attitude that one could journey far into the heart of darkness, uh, into a rough place, into a, uh, uh, you know, underdeveloped country, into a place, an uncivilized area, and uh, see it as a blank canvas and uh, project whatever they want to, whatever artistic inspiration, and that, um, the idea that one could uh, see other people as not only an opportunity to native indigenous peoples, not only as an opportunity to get cheap labor, but that, that, that these could be expendable people, potentially. Um, that the ramifications that, um, that 60 people could die in one fell swoop or be maimed or injured and that this could you know, not be a career ending incident or would not necessarily um, carry, um, you know, imprisonment. Um, but yes, uh, I think the brilliance of this film is that it slowly draws us in. It slowly, uh, as Matt was pointing out throughout the episode, 
through these contradictions, it slowly brings us to this understanding that this is getting worse and worse, that this is escalating, that this is clearly a, a portrayal of a, of a very disturbed individual, very funny, very entertaining individual, very captivating individual, but um, uh, some sort of, uh, as I said before, some sort of megalomaniac um, who is operating out of um, both in an awareness of imperialism and the, and, and the crimes of the past, and is trying to uh, do whatever he can to uh, preserve a society or to not to have a, uh, a lesser footprint uh, where he walks. But as Matt pointed out, that even the way that he walks, even that the assumptions upon which that is based um, carry uh, uh, the imperialist uh, mindset. So just a fascinating in terms of, in terms of all of those issues, what Gene was pointing out. Um, you know, you want to talk about a film where, yeah, you want to see a film where you want to see someone run it and gun it and try to make the most out of what they can uh, with their limited uh, resources as a filmmaker. Um, but uh, yeah, ultimately, it's it's really incredible in terms of that. But in terms of um, just the ethics involved, I really feel like it's un uh, 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 un uh, unconscionable. Uh, it's an unconscionable film depiction of an unconscionable film. Uh, uh, this, these are some of the most unsafe circumstances I've ever seen. Um, and, uh, truly, truly uh, tremendous and horrible and, and, and fascinating. Uh, it was a real pleasure. I like that. Uh, what we got for next week? Uh, so yeah, next week's film, uh, it's, uh, it's my week and I'm very excited to bring on a special guest, a friend of Matt and I's, uh, Paul Maybon is an actor, uh, mostly a commercial actor, uh, one of the stars of the progressive commercials, still filming in the time of COVID-19 uh, from his apartment. And he's also had a recurring role as Officer Lou on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, been on tons of other shows. And he has picked our film for the week, which will be, drum roll, doo -doo 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 -doo, Pan's Labyrinth, Guillermo wow. del Toro's film so yeah we so we have our first proper horror film here at the criterion collection next week